I was using the tarot as a tool, which then ended up opening the door for me to realize certain gifts that I had about myself that maybe I should strengthen them and that I wasn't weird, that these experiences were real for me and that in the right environment that they would be supported. And then I could eventually be comfortable with that enough to be able to share that with others and to be proud of it ultimately. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hi, guys. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Almost 30 Podcast. It's your friends, Lindsay and Krista. Mm -hmm. And we're so glad you're here. We have uh, conversations twice weekly with guests, with each other, and with all of you about anything and everything that will hopefully help you navigate any any transition you're going through or just life in general, we're, we're learning right along with you. We're always going through transitions. I think that's the, yeah. the common thread of the conversations that we have with people when we talk about the podcast is, you know, they always have that same sentiment where they always feel like they're transitioning through something. So it's not necessarily tied to an age, you know, as we've, I don't think we ever thought that, but you know, when we started almost 30, it was because there was a certain transition, our Saturn return in our late twenties that we were talking about, but really at every stage you're transitioning. Yeah. And I think it's part of like finding peace and all of that is just expecting that too. And, and being more excited rather than yeah. anxious about it you know, there will always be things, whether you're having kids or maybe you're getting married or starting a new career or finally like taking ownership of your health, whatever it is, like there will be new challenges, but we hopefully can help support you. Life's a journey. Life's a journey, man. I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard that. <laughs> Not a destination. Once, once you're at the destination, you're dead. <laughs> There's this funny, funny tweet. It's like, <laughs> it's like woman from Ohio's bathroom. It's like John three sixteen, And then it has like all these like different fonts of like all these different sayings that people from Ohio always have in their yeah. bathrooms. It's like live, laugh, love John three sixteen, And then it's like a seashell and like an anchor, which is so true. And I'm Yo, like, where I was mean, I too? Yeah. actually, even where I get my uh, colon hydrotherapy, there's like inspirational quotes. on yep. the wall. Yep. I, I remember distinctly like my ex-boyfriend from college, I would go to his parents' house and it was such a sweet house. And I remember sitting on the toilet and there was like a tiny little frame on the wall that said the best. And I think I cried. I was like pooping and crying. It was like, it was like the best thing a father can do for his children is to respect their mother. <laughs> and I was like going through it. I was like, Oh terrifying. my God. <laughs> 
like respect. It didn't say respect. It said something like is love their mother or something like that. Whatever. Totally. Which is pretty, it's true. Literally there was like a satin bow at the corner of the frame. I was like, yep, it's true. It's one of those things. It's like either she's not being respected and she's trying to send a message <laughs> it's or a she truly believes it. It's a cry for help frame. It's totally a cry for help frame. Honestly, <laughs> actually, I'm really excited. I just saw this in my email today that New York is the first state in the country to ban cat decline, a practice that animal advocates consider cruel and unnecessary. That is so incredible. Why would someone declaw a cat in the first place just because they ruined shit by clawing? I don't know. Yes, my mom declawed our first two cats. Oh no. Makes my heart. Yeah, it's just so terrible. And so you could just clip nails if you if that's if you so choose, but Oh, that's like part of what I would think as a cat. I mean, obviously they have no control over it. It's like having fun is like kind of just, it's a part of their nature. It's to, a part of their personality. Yes. Yeah. That's like how they move through the world yes. is an express. Yes. Oh, so sad, but that's amazing. That's what a, really good news. You know, also I was watching Red Table Talk the other day. Mm-hmm just doing God's work. She honestly, there's, you know, I think we're ahead and she's talking about some things that I've never even heard about. There was one recently about child marriage Mm -hmm. and in almost all States in the United States, there is no age that's illegal to marry a child. So at 18, if you have sex with someone that's under 18, you're considered a rapist or a predator, but you're allowed to get married to girls that are Whoa. like 13, 14, 15. Is that a, so that apparently is a thing yeah. where they do. Mm-hmm. So and I'm what, sure they're having sex with them secretly. Exactly. Yep. So it's oftentimes they'll be like, oh, just get married. And then they basically, it's like a child marriage. And you wouldn't think, you know, that's the thing is people assume that that happens in a lot of different countries, but it happens here, which is insane. And so it was all about that. These two women that were forced into marriage at a very young age, one was for religious reasons and one wasn't. One of the girls was in foster care in and out of foster care and she had a terrible relationship with her mother. And so her mother kind of in a way didn't sell her off, but just put her on this man that took her and married her at a very young age. And she was stuck living with him for, for a long time. Sometimes I think America, I love living here. I love being an American, but sometimes I think it's like this facade for people to hide within to do really fucked up shit. Cause they're like, Oh America, it doesn't happen in America. Like this is happening in third world world countries or in, you know, X, Y, Z countries. Like I, I think some of the most, fucked up shit is happening here. Like in terms of, you know, the way we treat children. I just, that really is disturbing. And I've never heard of that before. And I didn't know that was legal. Yeah. It says that in most States, you must be 18 years old to marry. However, state laws make exceptions. If minors have parental consent, the approval of a judge or are recognized as adults, if they're emancipated minors or if they're in jail, As of December, 2017, minors of any age can legally marry in 25 states if they meet state's exceptions. So there's this grid that shows a bunch of the different states that there's no legal minimum, some that there is, but in these women's case, their parents gave consent. So their parents kind of wrote off consent that they were were willing to allow their child to get married. So, wow. Yeah. I mean, that is just... Who did she have on? She had on um, 
two. So it was the, you know, the three women of Red Table Talk, Jada, her mother, and then Willow, and then these two women that were brought on. So they just were women that were women of that had been married as children. Um, so yeah, it was just really powerful. That was on Red Table Talk. But it's an interesting thing to look at. And and just and this is the thing too that's interesting is there is always these loopholes you know, that they find within the system where it's like, okay, 18, you know, it's rape, but then you could marry. And, and that's what I actually don't really understand within our government system is like the separation of church and state. So it's like, we say that there's a separation of church and state, but Scientology isn't taxed, but that's a church, but we don't tax them. So why is that? That's not separated of church and state. Mm -hmm. And they should be taxed as everyone is taxed. Same with the Catholic church. But then too, there's situations like this where it's like separation of church and state. But if people are getting married, I guess it's a legal thing, but not a church thing. But I don't know. It just doesn't make, it just doesn't make sense to me that I don't know. Yeah. Well, I I don't think anyone really knows, especially those that are quote unquote in charge. Yeah. (laughs) Hundred It's like, a, it's a total power play. And it, it actually is so disturbing that none of that has changed. You know what I mean? How progressive oh we are in so many areas of like how we live, but there are some like foundational laws or allowances that like have n- not changed at all. And it's like, what, Yeah. what time are we living in? Completely. Yep. Uh, so 25 states actually do not have an absolute minimum marriageable age. So with judicial or parental consent, children as young as 10, 11, and 12 have been married in the U.S. in the last couple of decades. Wow. I mean- I need Marianne Williamson to change this shit. I mean, <laughs> honestly, please. I've been, I've been uh, watching more and more of her appearing you know, on different late night shows, just press in general- And I am so impressed by, yes, she is considered like the woo-woo, oh God, who's this candidate? And they literally put her all the way at the end on these debates, like physically, like, you know, not front and center, not slightly off to the right or the left, like all the way on the end, you know, an afterthought of sorts. And she said, that's like the least of how she's been marginalized, like throughout, throughout this whole thing. But I just am so impressed how articulate she is, how grounded and centered she is when she is being like questioned in a way that for me, I just like, I'm thinking about it or watching it and feeling in my body. I'm like, oh my God, that, that comment would have actually silenced and broke me. You know, she's just so prepared and so heart centered and coming from that place of love that she's able to answer every fucking question. And it's not all woo-woo talk. It is like, she is just so, so smart. I don't know if she has a chance in hell to be completely honest, but um, it's really, really um, inspiring and hopeful to see someone like that giving it a fighting chance. Completely. Yeah, it's such an interesting thing because it's like, you know, when people, that happens and then people, it's like Bernie, you know, people wonder if they do have a hope and then does it move away from the other person that's a candidate that is more likely like in the case of Hillary, 
Does it take away from having the more likely quote unquote candidate that's supported by the electoral groups? Does having Bernie as that example take away from votes that could have gone to Hillary who had the better chance in the first place? Uh, that's what's always hard about those situations. And I mean, goodness, I would love, you know, Marianne is, she's an angel. You know, she's truly doing something so different and so important. So seeing her is such an inspiration and I could only hope that she would be voted in. It's just, I mean, it's interesting too, that there's no real contenders right now Yeah, or not, not no real contenders, but no people that are standing out to me as people that are supported by the current parties in a big way like with tons of money, Yeah, you know, cause Hillary had tons of money. Like, you know, a lot of these different groups and people have so much money to support their candidate of choice, candidate of choice. And I just don't see one that's coming out right now, mm-hmm. but maybe I need to be paying more attention. You know, that definitely could be it, but it's a little scary. Yeah. And someone pointed out that, you know, they're like, you don't have experience in politics and neither does our president now. And she's like, yes, that's true, but he doesn't have a, he doesn't have ethics, you know? So it's like a completely different thing. And that's like kind of where we do need to shift in in the powers that be. But I honestly... If nothing else, like we're moving the needle. A hundred. Moving the needle. And in the grand scheme of the history of the planet, like this, you know, this will be what we see as like just a little shift towards, hopefully it's a butterfly effect. So maybe 50 years from now, a hundred years from now, we will have a leader who is heart centered and coming from a place of love and like spreading peace rather than creating war and all the things. Also too, it's like, I want someone that's not, hasn't been in the political system before because it's like, uh, it's already a broken system. It's an old boys club. Like if someone comes in from the outside, that's like AOC coming in from the outside with a clear view of what is actually happening of what is actually going on. And she's not jaded by the bullshit of, of the political community. So it's like, I want someone that hasn't been in politics. Yeah. Obviously not Trump, but like, it's a, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Prayers up. Uh, We had just such a fun weekend. Oh yeah. So good. Wanted to tell you guys about that. I know maybe you were following along on our Instagram. That was like a few weeks ago, but I don't know. It's one of those things. Yes, we had like 12 interviews in two days, but it was like a concentration of conversations that really, and there were only half hour interviews, but damn, I felt so lucky. Like majority of the conversations I I walked away. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. this is, this is what it's all about. Completely. And it was just a pleasure to work with Maggie, you know, from now on. And to help her curate the pan, you know, the people that we interviewed, that was really nice. Mm-hmm. And getting some of the people that we admire on and using that as an opportunity for us to interview people that we're really excited about and we feel really inspired by. But yeah, it was just such a, it was such a pleasure. It was just really nice. You know, I never thought I'd be doing something like that. And it's just funny how it's just the way that we're growing. It's, just one step at a time, it gets, keeps getting more and bigger. And, you know, it's just very interesting. It's really, it's really nice. And it's manageable. Like sometimes people, if you're out there and you are growing a business or maybe you are wanting to, you're at a corporate job and you want to, you know, go to the next level or get promoted and whatever. And oftentimes we get stuck in that impatient feeling. And I literally am impatient by nature all the time. So what feels so good about this and just kind of reminding you guys, it's just, 
the steady growth is this just sustainable growth. You know, it's the sustainable, I don't know, like entity that you will be able to manage and feed. And sometimes we'll have conversations about like, well, why weren't we on that? Or should we have more followers by now or this or that, whatever it is, like whatever conversations around, you know, growth, it's like, wow, we've really had steady, beautiful growth and every opportunity has opened up doors to the next thing in such a subtle but powerful way. So just reminding you that patience is key. Presence, yeah. all the things. I don't um, want people to get sick of me too. So truly, do you know what I mean? You don't want to be too hot and then die. I completely agree. Like that slow hotness. You don't want to be the Cisco of the podcast world. Literally. <laughs> you, don't want that, you don't want that really hot, hot, and then that's it. Yeah. I completely I agree. mention and we trash it. Shout out to, let's see. I mean, some of the high points like Lauren Ash, Black Girl and Ohm. I mean, Angela Davis, Queen B. Like, She's a great love her. Great listener. What I love about Angela we're going to have her on the pod. So stay tuned, but um, all these women on the podcast, but what she said to me, what did she say about being present? She's like, yes, I have kind of that side of me that is a little ADD for lack of a better term, but she's like, damn, when I'm, when I'm locked in with you, like I am with you. Oh yeah. She's, she's not on her phone. On the phone. And how she can show up. That was the question, how she can show up for people in her life. She's like, when I'm with you, I'm with you. I'm not on my the phone. Truth. I'm not anywhere else. And it's hard to get her because she is so in demand. And I was talking to my friend Danielle about this because we're we know Angela through Soul Cycle. And she's like, it's hard, it's hard to get her because she is pulled in so many different directions. And she's such a family woman that like, but once you do get her, I mean, you just feel like you're the That's only goals. person. That's goals. Mm-hmm. That's goals, actually. And also Ashley, our stage manager. Oh my gosh. Wrote us the sweetest card. Ash. I mean, get out of here. So fun. When we met at, you know what I appreciate? We meet a lot of people and it's so fun to just be able to do that because that wasn't always the case in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And when you meet someone that's just so themselves and so fucking real and will take an opportunity to be I just felt like she was like honest with us the whole time. Yeah. She's like that fucking rocked. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? That wasn't yeah, so good. Like, <laughs> it was nice. So we were in this room, our minds in motion tent for from 8.30 to 5.30 each day, basically. We had hour breaks in between. So we would go take a lap or eat or do, you know, say what's up to people or watch our friends. But we were in there for all day. So she watched every single one of our sessions. She saw every transition. She introduced us to all the talent, whatever. So she was with us the whole time. And it was just such a pleasure to have her and to hang with her. Yeah, she wrote us this She wrote us a card. Thanks so much for everything this weekend. It was so fun being your stage manager. You're so professional, fun, and fucking great at what you do. Hope this isn't the last time we work together or see one another. I'll be following your journeys and wishing you all the best. Thanks for being a dream team and making this weekend a true delight. Rest well this week. You deserve it. Love, Ashley. Oh my God. So sweet. So fucking sweet. And we like, I truly feel the same about you. Like those experiences are really defined by like the people that are, that are running it and she was running it and it felt so fucking good. Totally. So thank you, Ashley. 
And it won't be the last time. We'll definitely work with you again. Yeah. Feel that. Feel that. Feel that. Anyone else? Loved Gunnar Peterson. Gunner's my dad. <laughs> Gunner is my dad. My dad. Don't, he doesn't give a fuck. Gunner's my dad. Yeah, he's awesome. Koya. Koya Webb was Koya a delight. Webb. True delight. She's one of my favorites. Uh, Lauren Ash, Koya Webb, Angela Emanuel Davis, uh, Casey, Casey Ho of Blogilates was great. Mm-hmm. Um, she was so sweet and cool. Uh, Katie Wilcox was awesome. Loved Katie. I really enjoyed that conversation about body positivity. And I loved that she knew a lot of historical History. information, yes. information related to diet culture. I, I, I think that peace is so important because I think when a lot of people talk about things, they're just like, it's important that everyone loves their body. Everyone's different. It's like, okay, thank you. But for me as like an intellectually stimulated person, it's, it's helpful for me to understand the roots behind why something is a certain way. So in her case, she told us about how diet culture started in the 60s when people came back from war. And it was a way to get the women who had just been working with the men were at war in World War II back into the home. Mm -hmm. And so that's when Weight Watcher started. That's when we kind of were at a place where we were moving away from the intuitive eating to like a numbers-based eating and the new metrics around Weight Watchers was you're good if you eat this number, you're bad if you eat this if you eat this number, and I just really loved that. Yeah, it was interesting when she was talking about how the ideal bodies have changed throughout mm. not only the centuries but just like each decade that we've been around. You know, from like the Greek and Roman times when like the fuller bodies meant you had a lot of money because you were eating well, and it was like that was the ideal of beauty. And then in the nineteen 19- it was like the Marilyn Monroe time mm-hmm. was like more curvy Coke yep. bottle shape. And then there was super a t- thin, super twiggy. thin, like 90s, 80s, 90s. Yep. And days. then now it's like the Kardashian body. Yep. And I just thought it was so fa- fascinating how that happens and who controls that. Yeah. You know, is it the, is it the brands? Is it the media? Is it, I think it's all of it, but how can we shift that? you know, what, what does that take? You know, because the consumerism around the body, around those personalities, especially if I just speak about the Kardashians and, you know, there is a a level of respect I have for them and there's a level of, I wish they would do it differently sometimes that I have for them, but, but just them as an example, it's like putting their bodies on the packaging of their makeup. And it's like, okay, yeah. We're selling makeup for your face, but anyway, and just, you know, re- unrealistic expectations of what the body could look like unless you have access to plastic surgery and want, you know what I'm saying? Like, I it's know, just I think about that with the Kardashians a lot. Like have they helped our body's image as a culture or have they hurt it? And I'm not really sure because I do think in one case, they've really allowed women to have a, have a butt and to feel good about it. You know, whereas before I don't think it was like, it wasn't a part of the women that I saw, I guess. I just saw thin ones. Mm-hmm. It was like Pam Anderson, you know, it was like thin. So, so, you know, they've enabled women to feel comfortable about having a more curvy figure, but then it kind of makes it what I think as more challenging because then you have to have, who was, you, then we were talking to Kari Michelle about this, the model, because then you have to have tits, ass, thin arms, thin stomach, thin legs. So it's like adding something on, you know, cause it's, 
it's not like you have a big butt and legs and then you're just fuller all over, but you have to have like that Coke bottle figure where it's actually impossible. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he was the <laughs> Once one who did a post of Kim and, and Cardi B and was like, why do they look like wisdom teeth? <laughs> <laughs> because it's like their 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 lipo is making their stomachs look insane, and then it's like uh, the wisdom tooth top on yep. their hips. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so true. I mean, respect respect and love. You know, they're in a yeah. situation where they're in front of everyone in the world. So. Truly, truly, peace, peace and love, peace and love. Everyone love their bodies. It's that simple. Enjoy. Bye bye. <laughs> It's so simp. So simp. It's simp. <laughs> hey guys, just love yourself. It's so simp. This is uh, my advice for you. Love yourself. Love simp. yourself. So simp. Uh, yeah, but it was just a great weekend. So thank you to Propel. So get thank ready you for those to Maggie. episodes too. Yeah, those episodes are coming out. Uh, we're going to do a special Friday edition of Almost 30 is the plan. And we will be releasing about six episodes from our time at Propel. And these will be, you know, 30 minute episodes. It was so quick and digestible, really, really full of some great shit. Yeah. It's a different style for Lindsay and I. So it's less of the conversational and more about them and their answers. So we had a list of really intriguing full questions and kind of went that way. So it's a little bit different, more guest focused than we normally do. So we're excited to share those with you. And as an announcement note, the Almost 30 Podcast shop is open. Open. And we have some free things for you in there. We have some iPhone screensavers. I'm looking at mine right now. It is so beautiful. It says, I believe in myself Mm -hmm. and aliens and it has aliens and stars all over it. And then Lindsay has this beautiful pattern of on hers. And there's just a bunch of different awesome dope screensavers that were made by Stephanie. She's a designer that hooked us up. We will tag her in all the photos that we have. And then we also have um, Instagram uh, templates. So whenever you want to share something with your Instagram community, like this week I'm working on X or I'm inspired by Y, we have really beautiful templates too. And then we also have our self-care checklist. Lindsay and I created a self-care checklist that we live by. And you are able to download that for free at the Almost 30 Podcast Shop. Yeah. I can't wait for you to see those. We also have like memorabilia from our childhood that you guys can buy too. So (laughs) can you imagine what would your memorabilia be? You could buy my granny panties there if you want. (laughs) They're really nice. Uh, My memorabilia as a child, Um, like a Nerf gun, to be honest. I was a real big boy. Same. People always say that. They're like, oh, I was like a boy. I'm like, no, I was actually a true boy. I was like, Pog Central. Oh yeah, slam! I had a big slammer. Spider Man slammer. <laughs> I was actually talking to my therapist yesterday about how we can let my boy play more. That's a good one. Because I'm always like battling with the inner boy and the inner girl. Oh wow! Not battling, but it's just kind of like I think what I feel is more the girl is more demanded, I guess, oh, yeah. and like I'm unable to be that little boy. Wow, that boy. But we all have that inner boy. No. Yeah, I don't know. I, I the inner child stuff. I don't really oh, know. Okay. I don't, I don't, it's not like inner child work. I think it's more just like, we all have that in us, that masculine, that feminine, but like the, the, the child version of the masculine and feminine. She's like, you go to the beach. You're talking about like just games and the, you go to the beach and boys are always fucking playing games and girls are just like laying there. No. She's like, do you ever just want to like join in on their games? I'm like, yeah. I know the socialization between men and women, especially as kids, it's like, Guys is always the guy stuff. The boy stuff is always objective based. So it's like play a game and then they're not really talking or communicating about other things. And the girls are like sitting around talking about Mm -hmm. 
stuff. Mm-hmm. So we therefore have a much greater ability to communicate. Our vocabularies are greater, our ability to go deeper greater. But then again, guys have these connections based on these like objective-based games that they play. Yeah, totally. Which I'm really jealous of. I know. Honestly. (laughs) Um, Anyway, that's for another episode. But so check out our shop. We're really, really excited about that. And just to share like other artists and their talents. Like that's kind of the whole thing. So that's the goal. Thank you for supporting that. We have events coming up in September, one in LA on September 12th with Nicole Lappin which we're really excited about at the Riveter in LA, which is on the West side. And you will get her book with your ticket purchase, Becoming Superwoman. We love Nicole. We actually interviewed her at Propel. We'll share that soon. And then we're going to Chicago. Uh, We have with Milana Snow at Evolve Her. We're going to Nashville events with Julie Solomon and Dr. Axe, pumped about Nashville. And then we'll be in Ohio for a really yummy, warm, intimate gathering. With my mom. With your mom. (laughs) (laughs) going to be interesting. You guys are in for a treat. Yeah. Ohio and then Philly, Washington, D.C., New York. We have three events and we're super excited. We might have locked down our live show guests, which is insane. Lindsay called me yesterday and I was like, wow. Wow. And then December in LA. And then we're working on something really, really special. Oh, in Australia in November. Australia in November. Yep. And we're working on something really, really special for Miami. Yes. And then hopefully booking our retreat for next year. Yeah. Can't wait. Thank you all so much as always for supporting the podcast, for supporting one another. That's kind of what this whole thing is about and we're here for you. So please follow us on Instagram at almost 30 podcast DM us just always here to communicate through the secret Facebook group as well. We're in there every single day and so are your future best friends. So check it. And today on the podcast, we have Jess of Bahati life astrologer and tarot expert of sorts. She's also a an intuitive, a healer, and she lives in, which I've never met anyone. Actually, I don't know if I have any friends living in New Orleans, but such a, a place that I don't, I think it takes a very strong spirit yeah. to fucking navigate New Orleans so and be true. there, to be honest. She just enjoys it. She enjoys yeah. the mystical elements of it. it. She enjoys the the spiritual elements of it. But um, in this episode, we talked a lot about tarot. So her experience with tarot, how we can use tarot in our life. I think we told some ghost stories. We talked about astrology, intuition, and she's just really cool. She has a lot to say. She has a really interesting opinion. And um, I love that this was kind of in like the witchcraft realm. Yeah, totally. And she uses tarot and other tools to help people provide them with greater insight into the complexities of their life on their purpose and just like being their guide and cheerleader as they figure out what really lights them So Jess was just so cool to talk to. She's coming to us from like a sweet little garden in her, where she lives. And I felt like I was there with her. So we know you'll love this episode. If you do love it, share it with your friends on Instagram. We'll repost it. We always appreciate that type of love. Yeah. And you can follow Jess on, on Twitter too. I actually follow her on Twitter and I really, really enjoy her tweets. Um, it's Behati Life, B-E-H-A-T-I-L-I-F-E. I retweet him a lot on Almost 30 Podcasts, but she's got a really, really good Twitter too. So enjoy this episode. Find out more about how to leverage tarot cards to get to know yourself better, to make you know more aligned moves in the world. 
and enjoy. Yeah, we love you. It's such an amazing, intense place. You know, it's like so many layers to it. And it's it's really beautiful, like the culture there and the people there. So I have yeah. no doubt that that kind of thing is like incredible and thriving specifically because yeah. it's in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that where you are? That's where I am. Oh my God. And especially for tarot and what you do in the spiritual, do you find it? inspiring for you or do you find it sometimes that could it can be distracting because there's so much spiritual energy yeah so it's funny that you're talking about that and that you're you know mentioned that because i was just talking to one of my friends the other day like i actually live without disclosing my address i actually live in one of the one of the most haunted spots in new orleans and right next door is you know our house is a part of it but right next door is where the main focus is and you know i mean to the point where every day you know as soon as the sun goes down there's going to be tours that are given right across the street that stop at that, that location just to come and talk about it. And it is, I'm in the French Quarter and most of paranormal activity really happens here. I mean, New Orleans in general, just our location is so highly concentrated and dense that some people, you either love it or you hate it. And for example, my mom's very sensitive to spirit activity and those energies and seeing spirits and feeling them and to the point where they will distract her and, or overwhelm her. And when I said that I was coming to New Orleans, she was like, I don't want you going there. She knows that I'm a sensitive. And, but I living here, I don't, you know, I don't get distracted by it. I don't feel heavy by it. I don't feel depressed. That was a concern of mine that I would come in and it would just like be overwhelming. My first apartment, there is, you know, some, and it just depends on where you're at. There is a, there is activity that it would be like almost like peeping Tomish. And that in a sense would make me obviously uncomfortable as a young woman living, you know, solo dolo by myself. I don't want to feel like someone's watching me. So that's not, that's not okay. Totally. Here, it just depends on where you're at. Some things are so old, like the echo of it. It's almost like just living in an echo, like me talking now, my voice is bouncing around and it's the same thing as with the spirits. Like they're here, but they're, it is, you know, part of the background. It doesn't distract me. There are moments though, you know, I, I do a drum circle every Sunday, Congo square, and it's pretty much the center, the hub of where slaves way back in the day would come. And that would be their only moment to kind of um, have freedom, I guess, or a moment to themselves that those that are allowed to dance and to drum. And there's a huge tree that we call the ancestor tree. And, you know, we go and we feed the spirits there and there are moments, you know, if you're open to it, where it will really take over you. And I don't want to say that it's scary because it's not, but it's very vulnerable. It's though it's emotionally intense. It, there's a lot of things that come with that. People get sometimes like possessed in a good way. You know, that's a, a, a group of people who are going to look out for you. But if you do get possessed by something, but I mean, it just depends on what it is that you're looking for. If you're looking for um, history, like those old lingering civil war things, you'll get it. It's like, it, it'll come in like an echo. And if you're looking for actual communication with spirit, you'll get that too. It just depends on what you're, what you want, what you want your experience to be like here. Do you communicate with the one that lives in your building or the, you know, because they stop during tours? Have you had any experiences with them specifically or with it specifically? This location. So there's like these levels of hauntings is what I would like to call it. And this level is more like this echo 
that gets replayed, like on repeat. So it's not even that you want to communicate with them or that you can communicate with them. It's because they're just lost. Like they're just in this like realm, this like next level realm. And I think that that's the magic of New Orleans too, is that the veil, and we all say the same thing, like the veil between the worlds is so thin that it's like, you know, wow. you feel it when you're walking mm. through, but sometimes like, like, um, it's like you, you look in from a different lens. So it's not that you can communicate with it. You're just looking into the lens and you can see it, you can experience it. Or sometimes it bleeds over into our world. Now, if you, um, I just did an Astro Live chat last night. I, you know, specifically told everyone, I'm like, look, we're going to do it from my courtyard right here because this is where you'll see the most of, you know, um, paranormal and spirit activity. will just like float by on the camera. Maybe even while we're um, doing this now, they might be curious and they might come through. But that in itself is like this little entity, kind of like a little bird that comes in. It's like, what's going on here? What are you guys doing? Oh, okay, cool. And then it floats off. First, mm. that next level of, I want to talk to my ancestors. I want to talk to spirit. What is here? What is haunting this area? Is it the presence of a person who's still lingering here? That spirit of that person? Is it something demonic? And that is a totally different level, a totally different portal, I guess, of like opening up to communication, a totally different experience. So it, again, it all depends on, but as far as me, you know, trying to like tap back at the wall or anything like that, at like four o'clock in the morning. No, cause it's, I'm not, you know, I'm just living my life. So I don't, I, it's like, if you lived in a bird cage or something, like you loved birds and you just happen to have birds around you, like they fly in, they fly out. So you're just like, oh, mm. there goes a peacock. Mm. There goes mm. a parrot. You know, so it's just normal. For me, it's normal. Wow. You said that your mom is super sensitive to spirit. So could you kind of paint the picture of how you grew up and perhaps what influenced your interest in the type of work that you're doing now? Yeah. So it's not just my mom. It's literally all the women on my mom's side that I am able to know. Do you know what I mean? So like, I don't know, my dad's very Christian and his family is very Christian and like rule oriented. So I don't even know if I'd be able to approach the conversation with him as far as you know, if they ever had, I just don't, that's like probably off limits. But on my mom's side, we talk about it, but at the same time, there's fear. So growing up, just, you know, a background about me, my, my mom, my mom's side of this family is from Jamaica, the islands. And, you know, we call them duppies. Like that's what they're called there. And they would see duppies all the time. Basically, or they would see like spirits or ghosts all the time, but they're also Catholic. My grandmother's Catholic and my grandmother's mother is Catholic, but was more open to, you know, what it was that she was experiencing versus her being fearful of it or, you know, because it would make her uncomfortable or because the rules say you shouldn't be seeing this, you shouldn't be experiencing this. So my mom, she, I think how she, growing up with her exclusively, like, because I was from a single family you know, I was raised by my mom, like mostly, but growing up with her, I think her feelings, what would happen for her is that she would be in an, uh, an environment and she would be like, there's a spirit here. And for her, she would say that it felt like the left side of her face or the right side of her face would swell and felt like it was floating off. And that's how she knew it. So she would, or if we would, we moved a lot. So we would go into these homes we, when we would be moving um, just for fun, just because we wanted to try, you know, different locations. When we were looking at houses, we knew if there was someone who had died there, she would feel it, I would feel it. And then her feelings, like she would tell me afterwards, just I felt this here. And I'd be like, that's interesting because I felt this here. Um, growing up, I was so 
fucking terrified, part of my French, mm-hmm. of ghosts and spirits. So scared. I just was scared of the unknown. I was scared of them doing something. I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> what is this? Totally. Yeah. And so I blocked that out hard. And anytime I felt anything, I had more fear than anything. So over time, and then just watching my mom kind of freeze up sometimes. Then we got, we both got interested and started the new age journey around the same time. And that's when I started becoming a little bit more open to spirit and being more open paranormal, not, not calling them in, but respecting them and being like, okay, I see this. And then also challenging myself. So if I feel this, who is it? And then allowing myself to receive that information. And then I would get, okay, this is a little boy. He was bit by a snake and then et cetera, et cetera. And then it would be confirmed later on. So, and my mom would do the same thing. So that's what our lives look like. Um, my, but my grandma, on the other hand, she'll do anything to make sure that she doesn't see spirits. She'll put, for some reason, it'll like, I guess she'll see it in her perif- peripheral, which is what they do. Because if you're a gifted individual, they still try to be like, look, you have a gift here. Like, this isn't a bad thing. So they'll show mm. up in the way that they can. She would put blankets on the mirrors and isolate. It's just like, you know, just no offense to my grandma, but just, it's almost crazy how you just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, come on, Graham. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> on, Graham. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I want to look at myself every once in a while. <laughs> Not even a And then my, my. Grandma's mother was very psychic, very sensitive, very in tune with like, and even in our family now, my grandma being Catholic, I mean, she does magic all the time, not even realizing that she does it with these like rituals that she does, but she can't call it that. It's just so interesting, the dynamic coming from the islands and being raised under religion and stuff like that. Wow. That's amazing. So then you started to evolve to not be, I guess, scared of it and to kind of like work with it. And then when did tarot come in? And when did this like dedication where you're like, all right, this is like going to be my life and I'm going to learn about crystals and I'm going to learn about tarot and I'm going to, you know, share my gifts with the world. Tarot for me started when, I mean, I I say over 16 years ago, but I don't, I've lost track of time, but it started when I started rejecting the idea, believe it or not, of God and just like what was real and how, where did I fit in? So my mom was supportive of me in that way. And I went to go get a reading one day and it was just so good. Florida, it was the reading, it was my first reading. It was in Florida and Florida is this kind of like hub of, you know, supporting psychic energy. Um, New Orleans obviously is the same thing. There's really a lot, you'll find a lot of readers down there. And we just happened to stumble across a really good one that we stuck with for a long time. So she inspired me. And then I was working on just being comfortable as, as a girl. Like I just didn't feel comfortable, you know, and just who I was and also as a girl and my femininity, like just being comfortable with that. So I, the first tarot deck that I got was the goddess tarot and I would just shuffle with it. And I would just, you know, question like, what is real? Like, is God real? Am I real? What, like, like, what is real about me? What is real about spirit? What is real about my experience? Is my depression real? Is my anxiety real? Like, what is this? And I was using the tool, the uh, tarot as a tool, which then ended up opening the door for me to, you know, realize certain gifts that I had about myself that maybe I should strengthen them and that I wasn't weird, that these experiences were real for me and that in the right environment, that they would be supported. And then I could 
eventually be comfortable with that enough to be able to share that with others and to be proud of it ultimately and, you know, do what it is that I'm doing now. So it was interesting. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So I know a lot of women in our community have been really getting into tarot, whether they are receiving readings or, you know, doing a daily poll. So I would love to kind of get into how, how they can one, use their own deck and get closer to their deck and really like cultivate a relationship with it. I had a friend actually yesterday, I gave him a deck and had this like, quote unquote, bad experience. And it was hard for me to articulate that, you know, one, it takes time and two, you know, a bad card could have a, an alternate message. So I'd love to kind of dig in to, you know, the various messages and ways in which you can get closer to the deck. So um, what I love is the fact that you said it's like building a relationship because that is key with everything. It's a relationship. And whether you're, you know, there's almost like this microwave society that we have where it's like, you know, I was just, I did a video earlier today on spirit guides, like how to connect with your animal spirit guides and what that's going to look like. And in that video, I mentioned like, it's like we live in this microwave society where we're like, okay, tell me what this is. Yeah. You just accept surface value. And what happens is that you're not developing a relationship with yourself. You're not developing a relationship with God, the divine, your, your ancestors, your spirit guides, like, and they are trying to connect with you. And the tarot is only a tool for them to communicate with you and through to you. And it just makes it easy for, for that to happen. But the only way to do that is by practicing and by putting yourself in a space where you prioritize it and you make it a part of your ritual. If you don't, then you're going to get out of it exactly what you put in, which is just, you know what? I don't know. Like it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. Or maybe you give it too much and it's not that serious. Maybe the message is a little bit more simple, but you wouldn't know that because you didn't develop the relationship. So, um, when it comes to the tarot too, like when you're developing that relationship, it needs to be just as committed as it would, in my opinion, in any important relationship. How important is this relationship with you? Or how important is this relationship to you? And if it's very important and if it's something that you feel you want to incorporate in your life on a day-to-day level and take it to the next level, whether for yourself or for your children or for your friends, or maybe have a business with it, I don't know. But if that's the case, then you need to invest. And I think that pulling a card every single day is the best way to do it. I have like, oh, like you know those like sto- plastic storage bins, like gallon, just filled with journals of tarot pools, tarot readings. So yeah, I have journals of like books bound of just like my daily tarot pulls. And then when I wasn't pulling and writing it in the journal, I started tweeting like this is what I put out. So there was a time, the date, there was the timestamp and it was just an archive almost. I don't know if I said that word correctly, mm. but just, yeah, yeah re- recording of at this moment, this is what I was going through. And it, you can make, even as something as simple as that, it's you putting, you know, a little coin into it and every penny adds up over time and it makes a difference. And what also using Twitter, I feel is so awesome because especially if you make it like a private thing, you don't have to share it with the rest of the world. It could be something just for you, but you can see like on this day, I pulled the devil card and I pulled the tower card and I pulled um, the death card. And, you know, I just kept pulling it every day. And instead of me 
for a week. And instead of me panicking, I just stayed open to it. And then a week and a half later, I saw that I broke free from an addiction because I saw I lost, you know, you know, a chunk of money because of my, you know, this thing that has a hold on me. And then afterwards, then you have the judgment card and the ace of cups and you just keep Mm -hmm. on pulling that. And it's like, because of this moment where I broke free, which it seems negative, but it's actually one of the best things that can ever happen to you. That being said, there's no such thing. I always have to say this. There's no such thing as all bad. Like the tarot is not bad. It's if the person is using it as bad, then your tarot is going to be bad because the tarot is a reflection of you. But, um, and what it is that you're trying to pull in, but there is no such thing as bad or good. It just is what it is. It's not, and that goes outside of tarot. That's in spirit and the, the universe, laws of the universe. There is no all good, all bad. It just is what it is. There's shadow and then there's light. The shadow sides are not, you know, a bad thing to look at or to examine. In fact, it's a good thing to embrace it. The same thing with the light. We're so easy being like, this is the good of me. <laughs> and mm-hmm. being like, this is the bad. <laughs> just don't look at that. Mm-hmm. that there. Don't look, just look. I'm working with that now. Yes. (laughs) I'm blissed out. I'm Zen. Like, Mm -hmm. no, it's okay to be, have those moments of chaotic because that's our chaos because that's what this looks like. That's what being a human is, is, um, you know, so, and tarot is a reflection of that ultimately, but you'll see that as you develop the relationship between you and the cards. What are the, so where did tarot originate and like, why are, why is the deck structured the way it is? That's such a good question. Thank you. <laughs> wow, people don't ask. Finger snaps, finger snaps. <laughs> it's tough because the tarot is one of those things that it's like, where did the tarot originate? Because people have actually said that there's a connection to runes and uh, Egyptian like um, symbolism. And it's hard. It's hard to know exactly where it came from. But I can say, and what we all can agree on, all of us tarot readers that, you know, maybe not tarot readers, but those of us that really dive in, into the study of the tarot is that the images that it's almost like, where does religion originate? Mm, because yeah. if you look at the Rider Waite and if you look at, because that was the first tarot deck that was kind of translated. So for all of us to be able to understand, if you look at the symbolism of that deck, there are symbols from every single major religion. So it's like, where did it come from? Where did it come from? We don't really, we can't honestly put our finger on this is where it started because it's, it started from everything at the same time when everything else was going on when it comes to our belief system and sharing those, that ability, that sharing um, information, sharing that message, meaning like um, this aspect of our lives, when this shows up, for example, the death card, this is what it looks like. And then that was inspired by what happened over there, meaning like a time in, in history a major time in history. Um, and as far as it being organized, that's such a good question too. Like, especially when you look at the major arcana, um, the fool's journey, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. And I talk about this really, um, in detail in the sacred circle tarot school, but there's numerology that is connected to that and so important. But if you break down those numbers, like 14 to seven and how that, um, how that's significant. And then, or uh, the judgment card from the number 10 from the tarot card. So judgment 20, wheel of fortune 10 and how those things are connected and how the cycles of the entire, zo- the entire zodiac and astrology, how those things are connected and organized within the tarot. All of it is intertwined and where does it come from? 
I, wow. like conclusively, I don't think we really have an, an answer. It's been, it's like inspired by all these extra things, but then there's some places that say, Oh, it originates from Europe or it originates from quote unquote, this is the worst way to the worst word to say, but gypsies. And it's not, it's, um, influenced and inspired by <laughs> everything and anything because wow. everyone was seeing and saying the same thing in different cultures. And that's the magic and the beauty of the tarot because different cultures could look at these cards and see it without and hide it without being demonized, without being attacked, without getting their lives threatened. And then they could translate that message to someone who doesn't speak the same, same language as you. Wow. Good one. How, how do you, or can you work with your spirit guides when you're doing tarot on your own? Like, is that possible? And do do you do that? Like, do you, you referenced, you know, working with your spirit guides before, and we've talked about this on the podcast a bit, but can you kind of call them in to guide perhaps, you know, the pull or the message or like, yeah, can tarot and your spirit guides work together, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> and they should. Mm-hmm. Like you can use it. So, and I feel like a part of that question is like, how do you do that? Yes. Okay. So. There's, you can use a tarot again as a tool for connecting with all different types of things. It all depends on your intention. So I could sit here, not that I would, but I could sit here and I'd be like, I'm going to call in demonic forces and the devil in order to tell me, you know, whatever. And then you call that in. So is that possible? Absolutely. You can use a tarot to call in your inner knowingness. And that's what it is that you're tapping into. Just tell me the truth of what it is that you're feeling and experiencing right now. I'm mm. feeling five of cups. Like, damn. Am I? Yeah, no, I really truly am. Like, not I, mm. I actually feel good, but you know, we'll see what the tarot would would you know reveal for me. And when it comes to working with, like, let's say my ancestors, like that's a big thing, mm. especially that I'm now that I'm here in New Orleans. Like, I want to connect so deeply with my roots. I think that that's the major one of the major reasons why I'm here. So I want to to call them in, and it's just like guide me, talk to me. Like, what is it that I need to know? Make me aware of using the symbols, like make me aware of things that I might've missed. Show me what that is that I need to see right now. And you can ask them and you should direct them to tell you. And at the end of the day or at the end of the reading, you could say, okay, now that I got, you know, now that I asked and almost demanded, you know, this of you, what is it that you want to tell me? And then leave it up to them. Now when it, so basically what it is, is you're, I always say, create like a, you know, a, a circle, like a, a sacred circle or a sacred space. It doesn't necessarily have to be a circle. It could be a triangle or a hexagon, whatever it is that you want to do, but just make that space sacred and uniquely your own and set the clear intention that anything that comes in or what you're calling in, that it be for your highest and greatest good always and only from the highest lights of the universe. That's typically what it is that I say. And that four, 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 and that it, yeah, oh, make a wish. And then it bless you and then guide you in the way that is that you're supposed to. And then you could say, I want to connect with my spirit guides again for my highest and greatest good. This is the tool that I'm, you know, that you can use right now to communicate with me. What do I need to know about my relationship right now? Because he's being a piece of shit. So tell me Mm. what's going on and they will tell you, but at the end of the day, you need to like totally turn off your expectation if you see Ace of Cups, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's you know, about to propose or that he loves you. He could totally be in love with someone else. But you need to be open to what it is that they're trying to tell you. And when that comes in, don't push all the cards back together and be like, no, 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 no. Hmm. Respect it. Write it down and walk away from it and then watch to see what happens. 
again, that's mm-hmm. part of developing that nice, healthy relationship between you and your tarot, your guides, or whoever else that is that you're working with. I love that. Mm-hmm. And you talked about um, before, you know, not when you were kind of having a hard time and you were really going through it and you were questioning everything, like if you were real, if God was real, if your anxiety and depression was real, have you... And then you talked about, you know, you mentioned finding God. Do you feel like you have a relationship with source or what is like, what was that transition like from feeling like you, like there wasn't anything to maybe now feeling like there is something that's guiding and supporting you? I think, and this is what I love, um, is at any point in your life where you hit rock bottom and nothing makes sense, you are so open to it's almost like you're forced into complete submission by the universe and the divine, whatever it is that you want to call it. And when you are forced to submit and there's nothing that you can do, you are open to unlimited potential, whether you like it or not. And that's why I love hearing people are, are rejecting the idea of God in that moment, even as, as much as, as now I believe in the divine. Like I don't really say God as he or she, it just, you know, I just use that word in general or this, you know, divine spirit. I, I like to call it the divine, but, and the reason why that is, is because, you know, it's, they're so open right now because they're, you know, me questioning it and me pushing it. And then also my life breaking down simultaneously at the same time, pushed me into a spot where I'm like, if you're, if you're here, if you're real, show me. And it did. So that's how I went from, that's how I went from rejecting the idea of God and not knowing to the idea, to God, he, she, the divine appearing in front of me and in me and around me all at one time and just knocking the breath out of me, Mm. pushing, like pushing me into a space of, I couldn't think anything other than that this is real, even though I don't understand it because this is so fucking powerful, everything that it is that I'm experiencing right now. And it's so clear that it is the divine and that the next steps, the voice that I heard and, you know, the signs that I received and the messages that I received guided my steps every, in every moment where I kind of hit that rock bottom where I called it in, it came in and it spoke, this is what mm. it looked like. This is what needs to happen. So now my faith in a divine spirit and what that looks like You know, it started from that seed, which is a really big seed of being like feeling the presence of God in that moment. But it grew each time when it was like, you know, I would call something in or I would ask for something or I'd ask for an angel. Like the two times when I experienced an archangel and like what that felt like and then seeing it and then being scared of it and then going to the Bible and referencing it. Now, I know there's some Christians that are going to be like, what were you doing looking at the Bible, you tarot reader? Like, well, because Mm -hmm. nothing is off limits to me. Like, it's universal truth. And so the Bible and every other, you know, religious text that we have out out there, like, they pretty much all say the same thing. It's just how we interpret it. And again, you can find that in the tarot, but whatever. So what I was reading confirmed what it was that I just experienced and what I felt and how it made me feel and what it looked like. And I was just like, shit, this is real. So, you know, the only way I think that for a lot of, like, I think it's really good for people to question, like when my children are born into this world, the, the, the one thing I want them to do is to question, to not follow in the footsteps of me. I want them to question their reality, to question what is real. Is God real? Is angels real? Is mommy reading the tarot real? Is she just this crazy <laughs> woman 
you know, shuffling these cards. <laughs> but what is real? And they need to experience that. They need to reject it. And then they need to accept it or they reject it or whatever it is that their path is ultimately going to take them is what they should do. And the same thing is true for every single human being on the face of this earth. Like you have to find out what is true for you and what that looks like and then follow that path because there's no mistakes in that. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I feel like I just, yeah, it does. Yeah. Which angels came to you? Do you remember? Or did you like look them up or did you? I think... Now it's crazy. I think the one no. archangel, and because you would think I would know their names, but like they, it wasn't even like it just was their voice and the way that mm. the girl was like, okay, Archangel Gabriel, and the yes. was Archangel Michael, and mm. but Archangel Gabe, when Archangel Michael came through to me, I was like, oh, like shit. You're like he's hot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the way that he looks in pictures, like. I know. Damn. <laughs> I was like, I want Michael to come through. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yes. Um, but like, it, I mean, they're just so fucking big, like yeah. so mm-hmm. powerful and insane. And, but it was just like, okay, like Archangel Gabriel scared the shit out of me. Like, mm-hmm. and just, and was like the clearest, the most direct, the most forceful, the most, and I was, it just scared the shit out of me. Wow. Was this in a dream meditation? Just no. It was, I, I think I was actually, um, when Archangel Gabriel came through, I was about to move out. I was so scared. I was living in New Jersey. I was living on, I was living with roommates, but I was so scared. I was pretty much living on my own. I didn't have family nearby and everything was just falling apart. Like, but everything was like falling together at the same time. I just couldn't see it. It didn't make sense to me. And I, I remember there being like a storm. There was a full moon always. And I always took time out. Like my girlfriends would always like go out and, you know, I wasn't a drinker, but I was like the, the crazy one of the group. Like I would be the first one just like, yeah, let's do this. Like, <laughs> and, um, but full moons, I just cut everything off. I was like, oh, I can't, I'm tired. Like went out or whatever. And, but that was my time. And I just remember sitting in the window and there was like a storm lightning was like going and I just was like you need to talk to me and tell me like I'm so scared I don't know what's next I don't know what's gonna look like I don't know what's gonna happen and when it appeared again it was like so ginormous so huge and this is so cliche and I hate that this was the message but this is what came through and it was like just now is your time and I was like I like yeah <laughs> now's my time like you're gonna that. like what does that mean what does that what does that include what is that yes yes <laughs> And it was just like, now is your time. And then everything just kind of, so, and it was different. I remember when Archangel Michael had come through before that, it was a little bit more gentle and more, I don't remember what the message was with that, but I just remember the appearance of him and just not communicating mm. as Archangel Gabriel was. And everything wow. changed after that. Bahati life must have cemented um, more seriously now that I'm thinking about it. I got an internship. That was like paying everything that I wanted, everything that I needed, everything that I had wrote down and set intention for within a month. Wow. Apartments, everything, friends, boyfriends, everything. Now's the time, baby. You mentioned earlier that you um, were cultivating your feminine side or like your feminine energy. How have you done that? And like, do you have daily practices or what did that look like for you? So this is going to fuck everybody up. Part of my French, but I have the worst mouth lately. I don't know what it is. No, oh, no we're explicit, fine. baby. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> so everyone's different. So you're asking what it was like for me. And this is, uh, yeah. 
honest truth, um, written all over my chart is learning about myself through my relationships. And everyone in, in society says, oh, you got to be an independent woman to learn about yourself. And that's true. You know, it's true. Like you do, but you also, where else are you more vulnerable sometimes? And everyone is different than when you are sharing, learning how to share aspects of yourself with another human being Mm. in different ways. And I have always been a person, I'm not married yet, but I've always been a person that had wants a family and wants to be a wife and a mother and to have, you know, a a home environment and a living environment where my children, you know, I, my, my work was meaningful and that I could nurture and give to, you know, that children, meaning like my, my business, my tribe, but then also to my children and they could pass that on. And I knew that in order for me to get to that point, I would have to, I had the obstacles that I had to go through and these like boundaries, these things, these walls that I had that were built up that completely shut down, made me feel so uncomfortable in my own body, like my own sensuality, my own sexuality, my own heart. Like I couldn't, uh, intimacy, like touching, kissing, um, hugging, um, telling someone that I like them, telling someone that I love them, me being honest about what I was thinking and not apologizing for that or not holding that back. There were everything, every aspect of who I am as a woman now, like I set the intention that every relationship and and the ultimate goal was for me to have marriage and to have a healthy relationship, not only with my partner, but with my children, with myself and my relationship with the world. So in my relationships, I knew like, this is the first obstacle. Like I just, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be able to um, tell someone that I like them. And I set the intention that this next relationship that was going to come in, because every step I was guided, because I was asking the, asking the divine, like, tell me what I need to know next. What is the next? And I knew that the relationship was going to be temporary, that it wouldn't last, but it served a really important purpose. So it was in, I always o- opened up to it, called it in. And when it was done, you learned the lesson. All right, you got to go by next. What is it, divine? What do I need to know next? What is the next lesson? Oh, intimacy, meaning like, being able to be like affectionate and hugging and stuff like that. Okay. This is what I need within that next relation. Called it in, manifested, and I would just keep on going. So as a woman and as a human being, there are aspects, all the aspects of myself, I would, I wanted to learn and dive into them and to explore them and to almost perfect them so that I could be the best version of myself. And, you know, when it was done, it was over. So that's how I connected and became more comfortable with myself and my feminine energy and like, and mature and responsible. And then when it was out, when there are things, lessons that would come from outside things that weren't connected to relationships, I would call those things in and they would. And then when they serve their purpose, they had to go. Now all of my relationships with my exes, like I'm not like running through these, through these men and just being like, you know, thanks. <laughs> Next, you're like, oh, your lesson is over. Gotta go. <laughs> Ariana Grande, like, thank you. Next, like, <laughs> next lesson. Yeah, I actually have, um, you know, good relationships with everyone because it was full, honest, you know, discussion, like disclosure. This is who I am, and this is. Mm. I never told them what my intention was, but I, I never hid any aspect of myself, and I just we just grew through it together and. 
we don't realize and we almost are embarrassed to admit how much we learn by our relationships and intimate relationships, whether it be, you know, a romantic relationship, our mother-daughter relationship, your friends or whatever. We learn so much through them um, if we're open to being vulnerable and if we're open to receiving the gift of what that relationship is without having any expectation of it. Mm. that's how I mean everything I've learned in my life is in relation to other people in relation to relationships like I can remember specific points in my life seeing someone do something and and being attracted to that and then applying it to my life or kind of changing my perspective on things and doing it you know even from a young age I remember seeing someone be nice to someone else it sounds so silly but I was like oh they're going out of their way to do something nice for someone I'm attracted to that and I want to mm-hmm. kind of embody that and my personal relationships I've been in relationships you know since I was 14 um, long-term relationships with with other men and they have been the biggest opportunity for me for growth you know because it's it's you being as vulnerable as you can. So it's like getting to the core of who you are in a very special space. And you can really figure out like who you are inside. Um, I do figure out, you know, being alone, but that's not, you know, not, not for me personally. I don't, really learn as much. I'm very like reactive to situations and people and things. So I completely. That's how we're kind of ingrained like human beings and society right now, everything on the internet is going to be like, you bitch. Because no way. (laughs) Not our people. (laughs) Saying like, be independent. Like you don't need anybody. Like you don't. And that's not, that's not actually the case. Like people do mm-hmm. people and it's tough because everyone's getting the same message or hearing the same message. So it's even more hard for you to be like, I'm going to approach this and allow myself to be vulnerable. when so many people are walking around with all these swords sticking out, like yeah. what I can get from this relationship. But it's just like, and I, in my own relationships, I experienced that, but I said it very clear from the from the very beginning that it's like lower your guard, lower your defenses. Like you're safe, like mm. you're safe with me. And I know that I'm safe right here because there, you can't, nothing can be taken away from me. Everything is for me to gain. And if you are open and you're ready, you have everything to gain from this relationship. Are you fucking ready? And if you're ready, let's do this. Let's go. Let's make this what it is going to be. And then when it's done, I say goodbye to you with love and I wish you the best, but also don't text me. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, well, yes, don't text me. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Damn, I love that. Switching gear switching gears a little bit just to um the space that we cultivate. So, you know, whether it's for our spiritual practices or not, but I think you had mentioned just the types of crystals that you have in your space and how too many things, too many crystals can interact with each other and create a crazy energy. So I'm just kind of interested in what that means and maybe what we can, you know, learn about so that they're all working harmoniously. So for me personally, you know, fuck, like it's so frustrating, but for me, I'm a Virgo and I'm very, and I follow my vibe. Like I don't get caught up in the butthole of like what's going on in the, mm-hmm. it's just like everyone, even the internet, Instagram, I'm so happy to see this like awakening, but at the same time, they're almost marketing everything. Everyone's this like guru and it's just like, but they're not doing the work. They're following, they're recycling and sitting out like all this spam, like, and it's Mm. spam. And like, 
you need this crystal, you need this crystal, you need this crystal. It's like, those are fucking tools. Like those don't do the work for you. You do the work for you. You carrying around this crystal and you being like, oh, I'm going to attract and magnetize this into my life. Like the only thing you're, that's your, that's, if you are walking around feeling broken and fractured and you're not looking and examining the shadow sides of yourself because it's ugly to look at, all you're attracting with this crystal is ridiculousness because it's, everything has a frequency, everything has a vibe, everything has an energy. So that being said, you know, simplicity, again, like I, I always say I'm the worst business person ever. I'm the worst you know, person to, to align with when it comes to that, because I do not, I don't, you know, promote people, you know, hoarding and accumulating all these things when they don't need anything, but to just simplify and to examine and to be honest, authentic and vulnerable. And that's something that money can't buy, but no one wants to fucking do it. Or if they do it, they don't want to do it for too long because they're uncomfortable or, they, it doesn't make sense to them or they just don't, they're not patient and, or they don't want to be like, well, you know, spiritual, you know, growth looks like this, like, you know, so-and-so on Instagram, she's got these gorgeous yoga pants on. She's sponsored by what, whatever she's naked in a fucking lake. (laughs) (laughs) And look at that ass. (laughs) And like, I'm in this area and like, I'm going through it and I just, it's like, my life doesn't look like that. But you know what? She could be like totally, her whole life could be totally painted over. Like you don't know, like just do your thing, focus on your thing. All of that wasn't brought to her by a a crystal in reality. Like all of it was not brought to her by one object. So I just say like, if there's one thing that resonates, and the thing too is that when you actually find, if you ask for meaningful things, to come in that will actually create change in your life. You're not going to get a whole bunch of things to come in. It's going to be something that you resonate with that the universe gives you. And it's going to mean everything to you versus you having a whole hoarding collection of like, Oh, this, this crystal is for this. And this is for that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wrong. They are beautiful to look at and you can by all means develop, by all means develop a relationship with that. When I was growing up, I had a whole crystal collection, not even realizing that they had frequencies and stuff like that. I was just collecting crystals, not even realizing what it was that I was doing. And do I have amethyst caves and, you know, think rose quartz and citrine clusters? Absolutely. But it's not, I don't take it from anything more than what it is than just a tool. And it serves its purpose when it's time to serve its purpose. But I keep everything clear. And especially with my magic, I don't muddle things up. You know, there's with a whole bunch of herbs, I feel like almost like the Italians, like they do it best when they're cooking. Like it's a few small ingredients, but it's the best ingredients and it's intention and love. And the time that they put into it is what makes the meal so amazing versus, you know, just like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna throw this in. I have this and I got this and I'm gonna put all this stuff together. And it's just like, mm, yeah. Good. Yeah. That's a great analogy. That makes that a lot shit of ain't. sense. Thank you. Why do the work when you can buy the crystal? <laughs> is what I always like to say. Just, you know, do you have books that you can re- recommend? And it's like, I understand the need to want more, but, and I, it, by all means, do the research, but do the research. Like, do yeah. research. Like, that means questioning. That means pushing back. That means being honest. Like, where are you right now, guides? Like, you see me trying to reach out to you, and that's real. Like, that's real. 
I want to have a relationship. Like a relationship means like, I don't have to put on a front and be like, Oh, I love you so much because you know, (laughs) everything is just so perfect. Like it's not, you piss me off. Like, what am I doing? What are you Mm -hmm. doing? Where are you at? Mm -hmm. And they will, they will communicate with you faster than you just holding that crystal. Damn respect. So when you say magic, like what kind of magic do you mean? Like what kind of things are you doing? So me personally, what has worked for me and what resonates with me is the most simple. And I feel like I irritate everybody with this too. (laughs) Most of it is me really sitting down and being like, asking myself, you know, just what do you want? And that is sometimes so hard because sometimes I don't know what I want. I think I know what I want, but then when I call it out, my spirit, my inner spirit. It's like, you don't want that or that's not for you. It's like, yes, I do. I do want this. So that work all by itself is tough, but that's the first thing is knowing what you want and having your spirit, like your, your gut. Sometimes you know what it is that you want. Ultimately, the goal is looking like this, but in order to get to that, you're not ready. So I have to scale back. I have to respect that answer, which is no for right now. And I need you to ask for this. So when that happens, when I hear that, then it's okay, that's what I'm going to set intention for. And by working my magic, I write it down, you know, full moons and new moons, full moons exclusively, especially are my times to just, you know, reconnect with the divine and do total ritual. Um, And then I will work with, I'll do like fire magic, candle magic, herbal magic, intention oils. And then every once in a while, I'll work with the crystals. That's what my ritual looks like, mostly. Wow. Mm. I don't know what those are. Well, yeah. I don't know fire magic or... Fire magic is my, one of my favorites because you really are working with energy and alchemy there, like total transformation of things. Um, but fire magic is just as easy as that is, like um, whether you're burning something or burning an intent or, mm. you know, it's just breaking it, like giving it to fire, like an ultimate sacrifice. and then total like even if you're setting intentions like this is what i put out there and you burn it like that will come to fruition if you have already received the signal that this is something that it is that you're going to get and if it's something that your heart desires again like and you're not ready for it then that's um fire magic can also be candle magic so working with oils and candle candles uh simultaneously which is another thing that i like to do so like a seven day candle you can do this anywhere intention is everything oils herbs are everything so you can anoint the candle and pull it towards you in order to track something into your life or pull it away from you in order to remove it to fire and then let the universe do its thing. I always say, because I'm a doer, I like to do, but that's half of the magic. The other is about you not doing anything and you receiving. So mm. you do your magic. I always wait at nighttime because once it's done, I, I have to go to bed. It forces me not to do anything for at least eight hours, which is so important. And then not that I forget about it, but I disconnected myself from that moment, which is hard for a lot of people to let go of because they're like, oh, I'm bringing this into my life. So now I'm going to go on a date. Like if you're not called to do it, you shouldn't be forcing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you, did you do some sort of poll for the new year? Are there messages coming in generally for this new year? Yeah. You know, it's just, it just sucks. Like, I was just about to say, like, this goes nowhere, but this is a podcast. It's going to go. Honey, I wish. <laughs> Tell us, cash money. It's going to rain. <laughs> well, years ago, 
years ago before the United States and the world. And I had this, it was on a, I had to film it on an iPad. Um, I, I just started getting these like fireworks, these little blips. I would just see them and it looked like, you know, we were on the brink of like World War Three. Fuck. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Like when that came through, like when I saw that and I questioned it, I had all this feeling. I was crying, like Keith crying because I'm like, this is like not the end, but it almost was the end. And it was like these firecrackers that would like, look, like go off like the 4th of July, like right before the main finale. It would be like firecrackers over there, firecrackers over there. And then the more you get closer to it, the more they would pop off. And I could see that our world at that time, not too long ago, which is so crazy, we just saw it. Like, oh, that's a problem over there. And I just remember seeing like, it's a problem over there, it's a problem over here. And even I had that mentality beforehand. But I could just see it bleeding in. And that mm. is going to be so important. That was going to show what it is that we were walking into. What we needed to learn is like how fucking connected we all were and how connected we all are and that none of us are different none of us are better than each other we need to really seek to understand each other and there were going to be people and things and events people are going to lose their lives people are going to lose maybe if they didn't die then they they would be um imprisoned or you know pulled back away from the world in some way where their life itself is taken away from them and as a collective, we were going to see this, we were going to observe it, and we were going to, we were going to need to challenge it. And um, I just, you know, it's not as bomby as it was, you know, 2017, 2018, but it's not over. And I kept saying, you know, I, the message still st- stays right now. Where, and I remember being like, what do you want us to do? Like, how do we save ourselves? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just being five feet, a hundred pounds. Like I received this message knowing that it was truth. And I'm like, I feel like I need to save the world. And like, that's not possible. And it's just like, well, what is, what do you want us to do? It's like, we're on a roller coaster. You're strapped in. You're, we're going through this, whether you like it or not, you can't get off even if you wanted to. And the only thing every single one of us should do is to, like be in this space and this is so total, you know, counter intuitive to what people want to do, but just really follow your heart and to ask those questions within you. Because the, the crazy thing is, is that the divine, I'm going to sound like this like conspiracy theorist or whatever, but you know, choose to accept this message or not. I don't, it is what it is. I believe it already. <laughs> no, Say no more. Really. But the divine energy, this God presence, it's really just unconditional love that we don't even understand and as human beings we we don't experience it but a few moments in our lives and it's so powerful it's so overpowering but it's love like that is what god is it's this infinite love and the way that god the divine speaks to us is through our hearts always but so many of us are walking around and we're really protecting that and we don't want to be vulnerable we don't want to share we don't want to ask questions we don't want to build that relationship So, but when you do that, you will be guided to the right place at the right time. You will literally avoid disaster time and time and time and time and time again, if you follow your heart. And if we want to like, in our work, in our money, in our relationships, in our health, in our life path, we want to be able to want to, we want to look a certain way, but it's a lot of 
submitting. It's a lot of submission and just tell me what I need to do. Just communicate with me. I want to build that relationship and everything legit will take you exactly where you need to. And that takes us all to the same spot. And that's when it, as a, as a, on a global level, that's, that's when the shift, this huge shift happens. And again, it, it is ultimately, ultimately the end of the world, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's the end of the world. as You know what? This makes me feel some type of way. This is what this triggers in me. This is truth. So I'm going to defend it or I'm going to support this. I'm going to defend this or I'm going to support this. So ultimately, in a nutshell, what 2019 is still carrying out, you know, from that one vision that I have. And I still see it happening for 20, for, um, for this year. Yeah. From a lot of the healers or people that I've been like reading on or learning from, that is a lot of what they see as well. And, you know, I don't think we're at the precipice of the energy that's been happening in the past couple of years. I think it's only building. And I think that there will be eventually a situation event or something that will happen that will cause kind of bring us to our knees and then we'll have to rebuild, like you said. But um, in order to kind of work against that, it's like expanding consciousness, connecting with the divine, being love and being forgiveness, um, which seems really, really corny, but it's really what we can do and it's the greatest thing that we can do. So um, that doesn't, you know, scare me at all. And I think that's just very telling for the times, you know, we'd Mm -hmm. all like to hear that, you know, everything will be fine and it will be fine. Yes. Mm -hmm. But there are things that we need to go through as a society and culture. And we've been really, really working hard. And it's been such beautiful things that have been happening in that regard. But we have some more growth to do for sure. Yeah. I'm here for it. Same. Me too. <laughs> well, what are you excited about personally for the new year and for Bahati and, and everything that you're doing? You know, it's so interesting that you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, tell us more. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> because I've been saying this to my friends and my family, like my close, my close friends, my close family, and I've not been sharing it with. We're others. ready for you. But it's so funny because I say all of this, and I always know. I've always had this clear vision of what was next and what it was going to look like, and what I needed to do and what I needed to prepare for and where I'm going. And I would get this, the last vision that I had for my life is my, my office right now. Like where literally like everything, the last vision that I had that manifested is now my office. And after that, everything clicked off. I've just been sitting in the dark, like, hello, hello, hello. Wow. (laughs) I feel you. Like what is next? Yeah. And I mean, ever since I had that moment where I was like legit questioning God and just being like, you know, what's going to happen? And that was the first time I felt that it has. And that was years ago, years ago, over 10 years ago. It's I've every step has been, this is the next point. This is what you have to look for, Jess. So when it comes to me personally, there's some things that I'm setting intention for. But since I've come to New Orleans, everything has been very quiet and I've been in a space of not total submission, but just respecting the quiet and being more open. And that's weird for me because I'm all about magic and I'm all about knowing and calling it in. I can see the signs for my clients. I can see the signs for my family, my friends and myself. But right now, the only people that are receiving messages right now are my friends, my families, my client strangers on the street that I need to talk to, um, but not me. And that's okay. So I'm just, Mm -hmm. you know, 
lifting my feet up and floating and wherever that takes me is what it's going to look like. But there are things that I know the divine heard my, heard me ask for that we're, we're moving towards, but I probably need to not do anything right now in order to receive that. But outside of my main major goals, I've accomplished everything and I'm just not coasting, but uh, just now a little bit more like less goal oriented, more about, all right, I just received this. Yeah. And enjoy life. You know, there is like such a part sometimes where it's like, we feel shameful if we're like, just it's like, if we're coasting, because it's like, life is meant to also be enjoyed. You know, if you're living in alignment and you are in touch with the divine and you are being your authentic self, then you do get to enjoy life. Everyone deserves to enjoy life. Of course, everyone enjoys or deserves a life of joy, but it's okay to like be coasting quote unquote, and just like receiving, you know, receiving the blessings and receiving all, all that you deserve. So that is amazing. And I'm so glad that you were honest enough to share that with us. And um, I know that there are so many women that can relate to that. Yeah. You know, I think Lindsay and I are kind of letting go mm-hmm. on our, you know, lives a little bit more and we can definitely, you know, relate to that. So I appreciate that. Um, where can our lovely audience connect with you? I know they're going to want to learn more. They're going to want to learn more about everything that you do. Um, so if you'd please share your information for them, that would be fabulous. Um, so obviously bodylife.com is my hub, you know, just that's my world and Instagram. You can find me on Instagram, Bahati Life. I do Astro Live chats every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we just talk about the week ahead, the forecast for the week ahead as far as what's going on astrologically. The strengths and the weaknesses, mm. the good and the good and the bad, as people like to say, um, the shadow sides and the light sides. And that so that you're able to take challenging aspects that are going on in the cosmos at that moment and make them work for your benefit, for your highest and greatest good. Um, that's also part of magic and intention and alchemy. And I like to teach that to everyone and just kind of empower people. Um, Twitter, I've been going off on Twitter. <laughs> I'm feeling Twitter this year, actually. I fucking love Twitter. <laughs> Loving Twitter. So you can find me on Twitter there, Bahani Life. And then also on YouTube, I'm doing more educational videos by we. It's me and my dog, mostly me. Yes. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Um, educational videos and I do weekly forecasts there and intuitive messages. That's the thing about when I work with astrology, it's not only the math and the science of astrology. It's my looking at the symbols and the chart triggers my intuition and my own guides. And I just allow that to pour forth and I give that to everyone on a consistent basis. So Bahati Life across the board and Bahati Life is B as in boy, E-H-A-T as in tiger, I-L-I-F as in Frank E. Nice. Beautiful. I'm so excited. Um, It was great to connect with you. I know that our girls are going to love you and we've been admiring you for quite some time. Um, So getting you here for this interview was awesome. And you are just a beautiful, special person that has completely balanced your dark and your light to create such a beautiful life. So thank thank you you so much for being here with us. Um, And girls, check her out. From you guys so oh, frustration or obstacles now not to like put you on blast or anything not that i've heard anything so i don't want anybody to think anything yeah, yeah. anything that's like you know kicking your ass especially in 2018 <laughs> i just want to let you know that it's, it's going to pay off and you guys are really about to just explode like you have no idea so it'll be interesting to see I know it's going to be crazy. We're not going to be able to leave our house. (laughs) It's going to be insane. (laughs) We feel it though. We feel it. Thank you. But I don't think we can imagine it fully. So thank you for saying that. Appreciate you. 
Thanks, Jess. We love talking to you and so excited for our community to reach out and connect with the work that you're doing. You can follow Jess on Instagram and Twitter at Bahati Life. Yeah. Nala crew can get a get a reading from her. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. We'll see you on tour, almost30podcast.com slash events or tour. They both take you to the right place. We love you. And I wanted to read a sweet, sweet DM that I got that I feel like represents our community in a beautiful way. So this is from Alex. I started listening to Almost 30 from the beginning because of your most recent Mind Pump interview. You and Lindsay have changed my life. I've been so much more self-aware. My self-talk has been increasingly more positive. I've been in deep thought about what I want in my life each day. And my relationship with my boyfriend is at an all-time high because of the example y'all set as women. I'm able to pour into others because I'm happier with myself from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for what you do. Mm. I really like that one too, because I like the languaging. Like I love the way that she describes how this has made her feel. And I really think that with the learning of different languages, we're able Mm. to fully more describe how we feel. So I really love the way that she put that. And I think that that was what really struck me, you know, in addition to the words that she said, but that was really beautiful. She's able to pour into others because she feels so much better about herself. Yeah. Who could you pour into this week? Mm. This week, just a side note specifically, because you're you're headed, when we're recording this, you're headed out of town for a few days. And I am not one to uh, schedule dinners, lunches, whatever. And I'm actually going overboard this week just because I want to know what it feels like. You are really good at that. And I want to know what it feels like to like, be super present with one person, connect with, you know, like Mm -hmm. I want to be able to manage my energy and also like my ability to be present with them without feeling like, oh God, I'm tired. You know what I mean? Just kind of letting it overwhelm me rather than be just really excited for the opportunity to connect with someone else. So I'm practicing that this week. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It just fills you up and you just don't need to be anything but yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I'm glad I did that. I, I got energy. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Totally. I didn't really bring value to that. Totally. Yeah, exactly. You got to learn, but exactly. yeah, that's awesome. Okay, everybody. We love you. Thank you so much for just being a part of this community. It is the best if you haven't already joined the secret Facebook group. And hopefully we can meet you in real life on tour in a city somewhere near you sometime soon. Yes, we can't wait. Love you. Love you. Bye.